Welcome to Showing Up Solo with Hannah and Nicole, your guides to navigating online marketing for your business. Hello, thank you for joining us today. We are joined by Lisa Hemingway and Madeline Ortega of ELO Creative Alliance, an uh, inspired communication design solutions for change makers. Lisa, Madeline, would you like to tell everyone a little bit more about what that actually means and entails? Sure. You want to go, Lisa? Sure. Yeah, we're we're communications um, design agency. We work we work virtually, as many of you do now too. But we've been doing this for over a decade and um, collaborate together with um, other creatives and produce awesome graphic design and communication solutions for people who are really on a mission to change the world. I totally went off script there, Madeline, but I'm sure you could say that. Sure. More. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I think, um, you know, the main most important thing about our business is that we're values driven. So um, we really look for clients and team members who um, share our values um, around being authentic, um, doing good work, not being too attached to how we get to that work and just having a lot of humility around um, finding the right solution for clients. And our ultimate goal is really to produce really solid communications and design work that will help them um, deepen their impact in the world. So, you know, our mission is to help our clients further their mission, whatever that may be. Um, we are focused on kind of social and environmental sustainability um, supporting in that realm. But within that, those two larger groups, there's so many um, different types of work happening. And that's part of what we love to do is the variety of helping all kinds of um, different kinds of clients, but but first and foremost, we want people who we really click with, and we feel that um, you know uh, we can help them further their missions. So, and I think the other important thing to know is, um, you know, we come from being freelancers to, you know, now we're together building this agency, and there's a misconception that agency work is more expensive, um, and we've kind of I think we feel in the market the sweet spot of you know you get agency quality with us because we all come from the agency world, but you're not paying those super high prices and Lisa and I are working in the business like we touch every single project. Um, and yeah so we're really. Um, yeah, we're we're the go we want to become the go to people for the change makers in Canada so. Yeah, that's incredible. I was um, noticing on your website that uh, you're a benefit company. Yes. Yeah, that's, um, that's, that's really cool. So mm -hmm. how would someone go about um, working on their branding? Um, wh what would be the first process that you would suggest? I just wanted to say about the benefit company too. Like, yeah. Oh, yes, absolutely. Let a lot of people won't know what a benefit company is. Yeah. So please, it is yeah. a relatively new business model in BC. And all it means is that you're tied to a mission, which I think, you know, after working for clients who have missions in environmental and social sustainability, it just feels like a no brainer that our agency should also be tied to our mission. And, and, you know, whether, um, whether we're working independently or together, we're, we're all trying to help progressive impact businesses simplify and amplify. And so we, they can do even more of what they're doing. So registering as a benefit was just a way for us to kind of tie in our values um, and to keep, you know, keep measuring what matters 
to us as we go mm -hmm. along. You have to report annually um, on a few key metrics around your brand. And for us, one of them is, is simply how many mission-based businesses, like how, what percentage of our revenue is from a mission-based business. So just wanted to explain that because I, I was pretty excited when we learned about the benefit company yeah and I think yeah. add to that uh, it's so becoming a benefit company we're still an incorporated for-profit company but we're not just driven by the desire to make money we're also publicly committing to helping to make impact in the social and environmental sustainability space you have to actually when you incorporate you have to specify what area of mm -hmm. you know what kind of impact you're making in the world basically and then publicly report on that as Lisa said so Mm -hmm. uh, wonderful it's different, it's different for it's not a nonprofit model it's for for-profit businesses so mm -hmm. so yeah that uh, touching on what nicole was asking um you have such a unique niche in the sense that your your ideal client is someone who is looking to better the world make an impact how do you go about reflecting that and those values in a brand like how does one get that across well, we usually start the process with what we call a discovery, a discovery session where we really dig in with clients and learn whether it's a nonprofit organization with a huge board or whether it's a sole proprietor, you're looking at what are the values that drive the business. So you want to really establish what we call a brand platform. And I know Madeline can talk a little bit more about this, but it really starts with who you are and what you care about. Um, usually that's why someone's created a business. They don't always talk about it, but um, just really getting clear so that people can really understand that um, it all kind of comes back to their values and they can choose to make decisions based on those as we go. So we usually go through that process um, quite like as the first engagement with a client. Um, I just want to add to that, that, you know, for your audience of uh, solopreneurs or, you know, solo businesses, um, that doesn't necessarily mean you have to know um, what your vision is or what your values are when you come to us. Like a lot of the process sometimes is they don't know and then we help them get clear. So there is a level, there's different degrees of clarity really when we start with the client. Sometimes they come to us because they've had a strategic shift and now they want to focus on something else. Um, but, you know, with smaller clients, sometimes we help them define, you know, what their mission is, what your values are. And that's, you know, kind of working through language there. Um, so we can provide that clarity as part of the discovery process. So it always ends up feeling a bit like coaching because because sometimes <laughs> you're, you're pulling things out, realizations that people haven't had before, which is really fun for us. And then getting to write that write that into their brand standard um, becomes really inspiring for them ongoing. And in the past, we've done like, you know, manifesto posters or like, you know, mission statements that will hang on in the offices of clients' uh, walls and even for solopreneurs, it can be really inspiring to just keep coming back to, oh, right, yeah, this is what I'm doing. This is why, this is my why. So kind of capturing that why and then, you know, getting those communication pieces out, like your vision, your mission and your brand promise, just getting those really clear um, so that it makes everything else you're doing so much easier. I have to say, um, I, I mean, obviously I've worked with, with you two previously before your ELO and um, I have your brand manifesto from your previous iteration on my wall, you can't see it in frame, but it inspired me to decorate my wall with 
branded imagery because it in my office or clothis space (laughs) (laughs) it inspires me to um remember why I'm showing up and I think that's that's the power of Mm -hmm. of making sure you've explored that and then found a way to represent that both through words and visually it it kind of is a regular reminder of why you're doing what you do I think it's it's powerful to have that even though it's a simple little poster in your wall but it really when when you're feeling overwhelmed or it, you're, it's just too much for you as a solopreneur to take on some or to tackle something, coming back to that why, it, it's the driver behind why you get up, why you're doing everything, right? And who, you know, the services you're putting out there and who you're serving. So uh, it's super important to have those reminders to yourself and whatever those might be, right? Um, like even sticky notes, like I, if you look behind my screen, there's a lot of sticky notes whenever something comes up that's inspiring and like our mantra for this year is like, let's, let's make it easy. Like whatever we're trying to do when we go down the rabbit hole of like, you know, exploring something, I look, I'm like, oh no, we're getting too complicated. Let's make it easy. So whatever, you know, those reminders are for people when they're in that exploration stage, um, you know, it, I think it's powerful. Also solopreneurs often have their plans in their head, right? And, you know, your mission and vision and values, it all relates to your business plan and often, you're just working in the business without anything documented. So the awesome thing that comes out of the discovery process is the creative brief, which outlines, you know, what your design challenge is, what your mission is, who your target audience is, um, your brand personality. And maybe you can talk about that a little bit more, Lisa, because I feel like that, that piece of the creative brief is the most powerful one. And then that dictates the next steps, right? So... Yeah, definitely. And I love, I love that we try and position the creative brief as like exciting because a lot of people are like inundated with documents, but what's exciting to us is the focus it creates. And after exploring a a wide variety of values or even goals, like people have a lot of goals, you have to write things down in order and you can only have two, you can only have one primary objective and three secondary objectives and it gets really clear. And so we've created a a bit of a template to help get that clarity. Um, The most exciting part I find is the kind of personality and tone area where we get to kind of decide what your brand feels like. And this can be full of like keywords around who you are and what, um, or what your business is wants to feel like. Um, so that's where we get, um, we get to have a little more fun in interpreting that. So after we have that creative brief, we start to look at what does that actually look and feel like visually. It's really nice to hear you explaining this in like a holistic way. Because a lot of times people think of brand as just the visuals, whereas you're explaining it as in your values, the way you want you to feel, your ideal clients to feel. So it's more of the of the 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 feeling that you're trying to give someone rather than just like the the pretty aesthetic that you want them to see. Well, and a lot of our clients will come to us with values around environmental sustainability or diversity and inclusion. So how, you know, the creative brief starts to tell us how are we going to integrate those values? So how are we going to show up that we care about the environment? We're gonna look at paper, we're gonna look at minimizing waste, we're gonna look at inks, we're gonna look at using printers that are close by so we can minimize the mail, the mail load and the carbon footprint overall. But we're also gonna look at 
um, for in, in terms of diversity and inclusion, we're going to be looking at like making sure that they're actually using images. Um, maybe we're looking at BIPOC makers trying to really bring in, like the other day I was researching a font for Black History Month. I'm like, no, we need to purchase a font by, you know, a Black designer, like that feels right. So I think the values really do carry through into the way that we tackle the design challenge and it makes it more meaningful, which I think we're always really interested in. It's more than just using green. You want to connect it. To, yeah. Know. And it's, I like that it's, it's in the execution of the brand as well as yeah. the aesthetics and the voice. Like it's, it's very mm -hmm. much like an overall mm -hmm. let's practice what we preach. Well, it's in the details of what you're doing, right? Yeah. And I think it makes the work more genuine. Like when you, when you're saying, you know, we want to be inclusive, we look at it, the whole supply chain of where are those opportunities, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, and then I think that gives our clients a better story to talk about their brand. Like, oh yeah, we worked with, you know, a BIPOC designer or we sourced this from whatever. Mm -hmm. Like it, I think, thinking through the whole, everything that touches your brand or could impact your brand, like that's our job to think about it. And sometimes we don't have the answer to, and I think that's a fair thing to put out there that we're, you know, especially around accessibility, mm -hmm. we're learning, it's, it's, the standards are changing all the time. And, um, it, you know, we actively are constantly trying to educate ourselves about what are the latest standards. Um, mm -hmm. But also we don't, sometimes we don't know. And, and that's okay. We, we say that to clients, like, we're not sure we're going to research that and get back to you and make a recommendation. So we really want clients to make informed choices about how they execute their brand. And, and when, and, and sometimes we are stumped and then we research it or we go to our colleagues who are the experts and they advise us. So, yeah. Yeah. We, last year we worked on a, a website for accessible employers and, um, it was really, it was a great project because it was possibly the most challenging from, uh, this needs to look great and function super well because it's a public facing membership driven group um, with business owners. And it needs to be really, really accessible, which kind of scared us and kind of, <laughs> and also kind of excited us because we all dove right in and we had a team of four or Five, five of us, I think, working on that website. Yeah. And we went to an accessibility conference. We learned so much. And then we got to apply it right away and test for um, some of the solutions that we'd come up with. So it really stretched us all. And we always love those opportunities to learn um, how guys, to do accessibility better. <laughs> the, I will say this, that the ELO Creative Alliance team of creatives you're all such big nerds in the best sense. <laughs> there, you are always um, sharing learning opportunities, um, ways to like you. You really do. It's it's throughout the whole business. Is is I found this out this great thing about um, accessibility or check out this great resource um, on how to show up in. Um, Black History Month and like it's just it, there's just all these different anytime you find something to learn you share it and everyone cobbles it up so um one of our values is we feel like when we empower other people with information or support like everybody wins right so if we, like we are collaborative and inclusive is one of our core values and we really try to to live that mm -hmm. uh, 
yeah, I think it's important to, to share when we come across something cool that we can all benefit from. And we're not into, you know, even though, yes, you know, we're all in the space trying to get work, but like we look at people as potential collaborators mm-hmm. as opposed to looking at them as competitors. Because at the end of the day, we might end up having to work together to get to the right solution for a client, right? So, um, and our belief is there's plenty of work to go around for everybody. And I think as a solopreneur, when you're thinking about your brand and, you know, um, there's often brand conversations around how do you position yourself against your competitors? And like, we obviously do competitor research when we're developing brands, but the ultimate goal is like, how can you sit beside these folks and see them as complementary to your business or, mm-hmm. um, you know, not necessarily or inspire them. Inspire, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so it's important to have that competitive edge, but at the end of the day, you're just trying to be the best that you can be. And the more that you know yourself and what you can offer and align your brand to be as genuine as it, as it can be to who you are as a solar player, I think that's where the success is. It's not, you know, outperforming your competitor. It's being showing up as the best you and then putting out your brand that best aligns with who you are and what service you want to offer. So that, that mm-hmm. genuine piece, I think we focus on that a lot. Um, as a company. And I just want to give one quick example of we're in a rebrand process right now with a client. And, um, you know, she started to show us like, here's my favorite blanket and my favorite mug. And like, I love this picture. So sometimes when we're looking for inspiration, especially around solopreneurs and freelancers, it's not just like, which color palette do you like? Sometimes that that's a more yeah. way to look at color, uh, colors for people. It's like, well, what do you wear every day? Oh, I wear pink. I wear black or, you know, so I think looking at your aesthetic when we're thinking about colors and obviously Lisa jump in, but I just, I love that this exploration with this client has been very organic and she has shown us things that literally she, you know, this is my blanket on my bed. This is my favorite jacket. All of that, you know, has helped us come up with a really cool color palette that's clicking for her because it feels natural to how she lives. Right. Well, and that's part of the the kind of serendipity and the way I like to share too, is just like, you never know when that inspiration is going to hit for someone and they're going to run with it. And it's going to be that extra bit of excitement in their day. And like, I feel like that about the way we do discovery too, because if we hadn't spent time with our clients, we wouldn't know. Like, I think in that meeting you were mentioning, we had like come up with a color and she's like, this looks exactly like my favorite lipstick I've worn for 15 years. I'm like, okay like, like we want to see but, and, you know like but also like it just feels like you wouldn't know if you don't spend time with people and there's a certain amount of serendipity that if something feels exciting share it great cool and and then just kind of more to go around more excitement so yeah I love hearing about this process because it, it makes it more personal for someone like your business is your baby and so why not make it more about like who you are and what makes you you instead of just like making something because you think that's what will well and I always sell. tell you know if we're doing nonprofit branding it's not about the individuals and we do remind uh, everyone in the room that it's not about you and your favorite color but for mm-hmm. solopreneurs why the heck not it should be about you <laughs> the actual person and that's what you work with right because you are your your business in so many cases but also make those colors accessible so <laughs> <laughs> that's the lens we come through we're kind of creative but also very practical and uh and certainly the learning from around accessibility in the past few years has been 
has been great because I think we've been committed to sustainability for so long, but diversity and inclusion is really a really big part of sustainability um, at, under the social and social um, realm of sustainability. And we've, we've become a lot more diligent about weaving that into our process for all of branding. So whether someone asks us to or not, we'll, we'll weigh in on the contrast ratio and make sure that you know, hey, this isn't going to work well for someone who is like colorblind or um, someone who has dyslexia. Like it's important for literacy, but also important for um, for just to to meet accessibility requirements. Um, I'm, I'm that annoying person that will definitely tell you about it. <laughs> oh, I'm, I know I'm the annoying person who whenever you come up with a design, I'm like, ah. Dyslexic person yes. <laughs> important, right? And I think that's the other learning that Lisa was mentioning earlier that, you know, your brand isn't just the visuals, it's your language that you use. And, um, you know, one of the things we've become really aware of is like, obviously in marketing, it's always about be, you know, speak simply and, and, and keep it short. And that's all, that's great. But also putting that lens of like, what if somebody with a cognitive disability is looking at this? Will they understand my my thought? Um, so it's, I think the challenge is how to help brands communicate complicated things in a simple way. Um, and, you know, using easy ways to format things like bullets or, you know, two sentence paragraphs and very simple language and, and the flow of a document or how long something is. Like we think about all of that when we're, working on a design for a brochure or, you know, especially something that requires longer copy. Um, we try to recommend solutions that will allow someone with any kind of um, disability, whether it's cognitive or physical to access what we're designing. And I think the beauty of the project that Lisa mentioned, the accessible employers one is we got to test that out with actual folks and um, you know they they showed us where the gaps were and then we fixed them and then we tested and retested so I think that's one recommendation we would have if you have the budget because that does involve paying people um, and taking the time to um, put something in front of a client testing it out and then perhaps revisiting it and then testing again um, when the budget allows we highly recommend like going to the people who are going to look at something and testing it so mm -hmm. And on so, the other end of that too, just keeping it really like the easiest thing you can do is the color, the color contrast checkers. Like Adobe has one built in now that there's a new one there. And um, there's so many of them online now, like at least do that. So that, that's a very minimal thing you could very do. Minimal. Yes, I know you could just Google contrast checker and find out if, if the colors that you're using are, are easy and comfortable to read yeah. versus um, they may look nice, but they're very difficult to read if someone's colorblind or mm -hmm. I'll send you a link to Berlin's. Yes. Um, yeah, if you can share that, we can put it in our show notes for Yes. Yeah, I will. Yeah. Um, I know we could talk about this for hours. It's such a great topic. And um, like obviously you are so passionate about it. Um, what I would love just before we finish the show is what would be your advice? to a solopreneur who's starting out and trying to realize their brand. Like they don't really have anything pinned down and they need to do something themselves to get started on their marketing. Uh, maybe they're not quite at the, the stage where they can hire experts like you. What would be your top tips for them? 
Mm-hmm. Madeline? Um, I think, you know, going back to our, um, before we joined this, owned this business together, we were both freelancers and solopreneurs for 11, 12 years. And it took me two years to get my brand, my actual logo and my graphic assets on my website. And because I needed to get money flowing in the door. So I would say, and the other thing that we did to um, build our brands is I bartered services. Like Lisa did my design and then I wrote her website and I worked with a web person who I did project management for him for a year while he designed my website. So I think look for opportunities for others to help you. Um, you know, you're an expert in what you do, not necessarily, and you don't have to be a marketing expert. For sure, you have a network of people who can help you. Um, I would say get clear on who you want, who you are as a as a business owner and what services you want to offer and get working. Um, and so you can have the, the funds or the time to dedicate to building your brand. Cause it's a very intentional process. You don't want to just slap something together for the sake of having something. It's better to not have a business card or, or just have a one page landing page until you can take the time to build out, you know, your website properly and to really be intentional about your marketing. So I would say, Start with intention, get clear on who you are. And that might take some time as you're starting out. And that's totally okay. You know, at the end of the day, you are your brand. And as long as your email signature is clear and people know how to reach you, um, that's, and LinkedIn, use tools that are available and easy for you to start with. And then when you're ready and you have time and budget, then you call us, you know? Totally. And we'll make you do uh, our worksheet. We have, we do have a worksheet. Um, to help you kind of fill out the gaps of your your brand platform. So we we like to give this as a bit of homework for um, new businesses to help them get focused. And obviously we can do a more robust process when people don't know how to fill it out. That's a different conversation. But um, sometimes that's just a good place to start is knowing which questions to ask. Uh, And another idea just from the visual perspective, if you're you know, obviously you need to focus on your, your service offering first and foremost and do do a good job. Like I really, I built my previous business, Backyard Creative, 100% on referral. I didn't have a website for three years and I built other people's websites. Like that is how I think relationships first has always worked well for me and like making sure that you're hearing the needs of your audience and meeting their needs first. Um, for me, marketing has always come second. It's not, um, it's not make or break. So don't stress out about it. Uh, you'll get there. <laughs> Someone's not going to hire you because you don't have a website. They no. want to see what you have to offer. And, and that's why I'm saying get clear on your offer before yes. and, and what you're talking to people about before you package it right through a brand. Yeah. And then the other idea of something that would help get you in the visual mindset, um, like, collecting images that feel right. I think this is part of a process we'll, we explore with our clients too, is just collecting what feels on brand to you or what you're attracted to. It can be vision boardy, kind of loosey goosey, or you could get a little more focused and you know have subfolders around themes that have come up. Sometimes I'll make way too many subfolders when I'm exploring the, the, right. the brand connections, but the thematic connections that you will have because of whatever your brand name is, um, is sometimes it's obvious to you. It's not obvious to other people. So start, start collecting that stuff so that when you do 
are you are in a position to hire marketing experts like Hannah and Nicole or branding experts like Madeline and I, um, you have something to share with them. Excellent. So um, would you like to let our audience know how they can get a hold of you if they're ready to work with you um, and more about how they can get in touch basically? Oh, Lisa, go. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> we're, pretty, we're pretty, we're pretty easy we're to right. find our website. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> our, our website is only four letters, so hopefully it's easy to find. I-I-L-O, um, is our website. And you can sign up for our newsletter there or download our branding worksheet I mentioned earlier. Madeline and I are also available through email. That's probably the fastest um, way to get a hold of us. So. Yeah, you can email us at connect.elo.ca. So connect at iilo.ca. Yeah, excellent. I love that your branding worksheet is available as a free download because I feel like that is such a fundamental step to really get the process started. Yeah, and it's helpful on its own, even if you don't work with us. So. <laughs> It's yeah. cool. The into the world like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, this has been such I, a great episode, hasn't it, Nicole? I feel like um, our listeners are going to have so much um, value out of this conversation. So thank you for joining us. That was um, that was wonderful. Thank Thanks. you for having us. It was super fun. Yeah. Let's do it again. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks Definitely. so much, you guys. Thank you so much. Until we see you next time. Bye. 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 Enjoyed this episode? Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss out on future ones. Want more from Hannah and Nicole? Visit showingupsolo.com to join the Showing Up Solo membership or to inquire about working with us on your business. <laughs>